0: I thought I'd just shut the door to the kids' church and make this basic. <laughs> so, she's grounded. <laughs> no, we have um, I, I, You probably know this about me, but I am a bit of a questioner. Like, I, I look at things and I go, why is that like that? Or, it. A lot of times I'm, I'm a little more sarcastic than that because I think that's ridiculous that that is like that. Uh, and Rachel puts up with it. Last night she um, listened to a five-minute lecture, attentively, um, about uh, attentively attentively about why the Zyzol commercial with that owl is a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that during the racerback game, but it showed about three or four times, and it's a horrible commercial. I, I was reading, um, what? A match the ball game, yes, it was a debacle. I didn't watch that, I just rewound the Zizal commercial over and over again. Um, Anyway, and like, so the other day I was, um, I was reading a thing and it was talking about a ceremony they had for this person and they said, and they released a bunch of live butterflies. Which is hilarious to me because that's one word too long of a sentence. You don't need to call them live butterflies. No one's releasing dead butterflies, it's not an option like, your your marriage, gross, like that's not, maybe that's just funny to me, but it is funny to me, and I will disagree with you about it, no, but the, um, the whole like, the whole examining things like that are probably, I'm probably too much in my own head, but I thought about this a lot as a kid, I would look around at church, like what we're doing now, and I would come It's just sort of normal. You just get up, your parents take you to church, and, and you're there, and you sing all you sing all you all sing to a wall. And you don't look at each other a ton. It just, the, the setup of church itself is weird. And so one of the things I always ask myself, and I have to remind myself of the answer on a regular basis, is why do we do this? Why is this done? Not just why did I come today, because I could have several different answers, you know, it could be my, my wife grabbed me, you know, that sort of thing. Those have several different, you know, church answers, which is we love Jesus, and real answers, which are i wife a But, why do we do this at all? Why in the year 2019, does does communities across the world, why do they get together once a week at least and sing to God and talk about Jesus and read stories about Jesus? Why does that happen 2,000 years later? And for me, and this may just be for me, I'm learning that as the dead butterfly joke didn't work. <laughs> this may just be for me personally. But it just does, does not work as an answer. That does not satisfy. Well, this just what we do. But Why? Why? Does the whole world, at different places and different times, get it together? Well, Jesus was a good teacher. I don't think that's a very good answer. I think if Jesus were just simply a good teacher, then that, that wouldn't be sufficient enough, uh, enough for us to get together and say, this is the way, the, the, this, this is important. We we have to get together and learn the teachings of Jesus. There's a lot of really good teachers, and we don't do that with any of them. I mean, there's you know we don't get together and say let's have a Plato meeting. Not Plato, Plato. <laughs> let's let's learn the teachings of Socrates or Winnie the Pooh or Yoda. Like we don't have any of these of the great teachers of the, of, of our past. We don't, we don't have celebrations where we get together and sing about how they're great teachers. And if we would just listen to their advice, then, then our lives would be better. If we would just follow their advice step by step, then all of a sudden, somehow, we would be wealthier or healthier or better or wiser. We don't get together for that reason. And it wouldn't have lasted this long. It? Because there's always a new teacher who has a new thought. <clears throat> so on and so forth. Jesus being a good teacher just doesn't cut it for me. Why? It's the last one here. The last of the ten stories that appear in every single gospel in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The last one. with me. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him they shook and became like dead men. I think that means just passed out. The the, the angel said to the women do not be afraid for I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified, which means he was dead. He is not here. He is resurrected. The word here is risen, but it should it better translated. He is resurrected, because there's a difference between getting up, getting better, feeling better, getting over it, and then there's a specific word for he was dead and now he's not. And that's the word here. He is resurrected just as he said, he told you, he would. Now this kind of goes back to Jesus being a good teacher. Jesus can't be just a good teacher. C.S. Lewis says that just either Jesus was a good teacher or he was a crazy person. Alright, he was either son of God or a crazy person. Because a good teacher wouldn't claim to be the son of God. He wouldn't claim to be the Messiah, when he wasn't. And he wouldn't have claimed that he was going to resurrect from the dead if he didn't. And so if, if he's just a good teacher, then he's also a good teacher with a crazy side. He's an eccentric teacher. We all had one of those in high school or in college. So he says he is not here, he is risen, he's resurrected. He was dead, and now he's not dead any longer. He, he is resurrected, he's, the tomb is empty. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples that was the beginning of this. Like this. And it's taken many forms over the years, started in houses, Um, it grew and at times good, at times bad, and all everyone everywhere in between. But it's always been about. The reason it's continued is because it's been about the resurrection of Jesus. That Jesus was dead and now he's alive. Because you notice the disciples after Jesus was crucified went fishing. Now, for some of you, going fishing just means, well, it's Saturday, and that's what I do. But for the disciples, when they went fishing, they went back to their old life. They went back to their old jobs. The crucifixion didn't start a movement. The empty tomb did so when they, they had this, they had this whole life laid out where Jesus was going to be the Messiah, where he's going to be the king, and he was, he was crucified, and they thought, what in the world is going on? They didn't show up at the tomb on Sunday morning to see if he had resurrected. They showed up to prepare to, to put to prepare the body, to make, make the body better. For an actual burial, to put him in the ground. Put him in a tomb for a little bit. Eventually they'll put him later. Um, when they needed to the begin, this was a shock to them.
1: And can you imagine a world in which the disciples of Jesus
0: saw that Jesus was resurrected and said, oh, "Okay, Thomas, what are you doing for lunch? We should probably do some more fishing." Sweet that he nailed the resurrection thing, but you know you gotta do what you gotta do. My wife expects me home at six. I don't know why Peter looked at his wrists just then. He would have a (laughs) watch. imagine a world where the disciples who walked and talked with Jesus saw him resurrected and then didn't start a movement except you can because we live in it we live right smack in the middle of the world of the culture, not the world out there not talking about that But in here in me a world where I heard the story of the resurrection a thousand times. How many times has it started to move me in? I've heard the story of the resurrection over and over again. Jesus is alive, and we do this to our kids. We do it to ourselves because we tell the stories of the Bible so, so plainly and so like just straightforwardly and say, You have to see so you have to believe this, and we make. It. We make it important that they have to believe it. But what's, what's crazy is we're, it's, it's unbelievable. And if we really want to set it up as unbelievable, if we really want to say, Jesus was resurrected, it must tidal wave over my 75 maybe years just like it's it t- did a tidal wave over 2000. It must be enough. You know, some, some stories... What uh, when you're like teaching preachers how to preach? When you're kind of giving them examples of like listening. Sometimes you'll listen to a sermon and they'll say, "How do I do?" And say, you want me to? You really want me to tell you? What well, that means? I don't typically mean. I, I typically don't like if someone else is preaching. I don't have to switch them. Like, can they do this I Can they do this and this? Um, I, but if they're asking, if they ask, I can think back and think. Okay, well, what, sometimes one of the things they do is they have stories so good that it overwhelms the whole sermon. Um, And I said, you started with that story, it was so good, you should have ended it. And that's that's a common thing. Now, some stories are so good, like the next level is you have to start with them and you can just blow it up and just let that story take you all the way to the end of the sermon. Gee, the story of the resurrection is like that for our Christian life. Like, I... If Jesus is alive, I've got to to listen to him. If Jesus is alive, I've got to trust him. If Jesus is alive, that that means some very big things for us. And it should change how we treat people. how how, How we live within our families. It should change how I treat Rachel. That was Rachel. so much because if the, if the tomb is empty and I believe it's empty because the disciples wouldn't have said okay guess what guys I've a plan. we're going to tell the world that Jesus was resurrected we're going to tell everybody we can think of that Jesus was resurrected alright we're going to tell everybody and they say okay What's that going to bring us? Riches and glory? No. No, no, no. What's going to happen is everybody's going to want to kill you. And they're going to succeed. And it's going to be horrific. A lot of pain. You're going to get bludgeoned. Not many people get bludgeoned, Thomas. Thomas says, I'll sign up. No, you, you don't go through what the disciples went through for a lie. If the story of the resurrection had elevated the disciples to the point that people made them kings and celebrated them, then I would get that they, yeah, surely they made it up. But they suffered for it. They died for it. They were tortured for it. They stood their ground. No, I saw him. I saw him alive. So the resurrection must have some sort of effect on us. It must start a movement in us. And it helps that because of the resurrection, we know a couple of things about God. We know, one, God is not in the business of harming God's in the business of conquering what harnesses. harms Sometimes we can get in our minds like, well, you know, God, if God, God really loved me, then this wouldn't have happened. But all roads lead to death. And if God conquered death through Jesus, then God conquered everything through Jesus. So I know God's on my side. God cares for me. And that does not mean everything's going to be perfect. Because <clears throat> I, I, know, I know a lot of you, and I know, I know that your life is not perfect. Like my life is not perfect. Things go poorly. Things you wish hadn't happened, happen, And things that you wish would happen, don't happen. And so you're not happy. But God's on your side through that. God, God cares about your hurt. God cares about your suffering. And God conquered all suffering. So in the end, to with Jesus, but the resurrection can't just impact
1: my life.
0: I mean, my afterlife. It has to impact my life. It can't just impact what's going to happen when I die. Because the disciples didn't act like that, did they? They didn't. The resurrection didn't happen, and they say, "Oh well, I guess when we die, we'll go to heaven and all good. Let's go back to work." No, what they set off doing is they enacted the prayer of Jesus which was, Lord, may your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today what we need for this day so that that can be done. May your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in the kingdom of God, the resurrection flames. The, the engine. It, it, how, how do engines work? Don't explain it. I'm not. But whatever engines do to make the car go through, you get the analogy. <coughs> Jesus fuels our, fuels our fire. Jesus gets us moving. The resurrection gets us moving. We do not worship a dead Savior or we wouldn't be here. We do not worship someone who was defeated by the Romans or we wouldn't be here. Not just we wouldn't have decided to wake up this morning and and come to a place. We, this whole thing wouldn't happen. And so we're here. You have to ask yourself, is the resurrection of Jesus, this is the ultimate Christian question, is the resurrection of Jesus going to start a movement in my soul, in my life? Is it going to affect my decisions? That movement is worth commitment. That movement is worth self-denial that movement is worth your sacrifice because to start it, Jesus sacrificed and conquered death for you. I've I've got no other reason to be here. I like all of you. But in this setting, I don't get to talk to many of you. There's a lot that needs to be done. We're juggling it. And we we love John, I might say we, I mean, I don't mean like we love all, you know, I'm not like possessed but John, John and I we're running around, with, sometimes you see us with like chickens with their heads cut off and that's just we just, there's there's something the mic's not working well they gotta hear my word sentences, you know like that there's something always that needs to be fixed so if I love if I love you guys I'd rather spend time at your house where you cook for me. Yeah. <laughs> here, here. This isn't the optimal setting for that. What this is an optimal setting for is for us to be reminded weekly, whether it's through communion or through prayer to God or through interaction with each other, that Jesus is alive and that. You need to give your life to the one who is alive. Not commit yourself to something that's gonna die eventually. But give yourself to the one who conquers death. This morning. To be united into his death, burial, and resurrection compassion. Today Today's your day. Let it start a flame in you, let the movement begin. The resurrection matters. Let it affect you. Please come forward about the Thank you.